0: vestibular audiologist and neuroplasticity easy for me to say therapist and author of her new exciting book congratulations joey rock steady healing vertigo or tinnitus with neuroplasticity
1: Mm, i know
0: it's exciting
1: how did i even do this do you believe (laughs) you actually did that is this your first book it's my first book i do believe i did it it was a long process and would many of your audience have children uh yeah quite a few yeah this yeah. is much harder than having a baby like it's a <laughs> longer process <I> imagine. <laughs> well
0: I've, I've wanted to write a book for a long time um and i just I don't know if it's nerves or or whether I just don't know where to start so I'm not sure. At one one stage, I will. I will write a book. But I I believe it was... It's obviously a a 10-year-in-the-making book, isn't it? Because you've gathered lots of research and lots of stuff to actually get to this point of writing a book.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that was... And it was, took a lot of courage, too, because a lot of what I was noticing and sensing and feeling amongst clients. So my background as a vestibular audiologist was very mainstream. Melbourne University, very old school, traditional treatments, neurologists, ear, nose and throat surgeons, psychiatrists, psychologists, physical therapists, audiologists. I was working in the elite of the elite. People would travel for days and hours to come and see us to talk about their vestibular conditions. Um, And it was just incredible that these elite medical professionals and allied health professionals were often kind of saying, you've got to accept it, you've got to live with it, you know, don't worry about it, get on with it. And they're getting medicated or they're getting given prescriptive generic home exercise programs. Mm. And these poor people would keep coming back, you know, three months later, six months later, a year later. And I'm like, gosh, they're really falling through this system. The system is not supporting them.
0: My job at
1: the time was to analyze their ears. So at a very, very sensitive acute level, I would spend two to three hours with them testing, not only their hearing, but their otolith function, their semicircular canal function, you know, how their balance organs are functioning. And then I would write a complex report to their doctor. And it just got to a point where it's like, I don't feel like I'm helping them, like Mm. testing them and giving them all of these, you know, loud sounds and tapping vibrations and odd body positions and then I send them home and write a report to their doctor and it just my heart felt heavy anyway Mm -hmm. so in this time I met thousands of people I heard thousands of stories and I started to see very common elements in the patient journey I also had a background in yoga neuroplasticity neuroscience psychology cognitive behavioral therapy acceptance commitment therapy and I was just starting to piece together all the missing pieces and how Some experts were doing this and some experts were doing that, but nobody was really doing the full human package and looking at the full person and following the full person through nurturing their brain and body to really heal and recalibrate. And um, during that time, I actually experienced vestibular migraine, benign paroxysmal positional vertigo, BPPV, and distressing tinnitus. And, um, it was a really hard time for me. I had a couple of traumatic life events. I had one relationship break, breakdown and my brother broke his neck to become a quadriplegic, so proper trauma. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the heightened emotion just really um, set my, my system out of whack and out of balance. Yeah. so, you know, I experienced all of that um you know, loneliness and fear. And what if I don't get better? And, you know, the university lecturers are telling me you you can't cure tinnitus and you can't, you know, persistent dizziness just sometimes never heals. And we don't know why end of story, you know, and even leading physical therapists would say things like some people just don't heal. We don't know why. So that's just the way it is. And I might have heard that from many. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And so I was like, we're failing like we're actually failing our patients and our clients so I started to really um, focus on pulling all my strings of knowledge together I can't tell you how essential the yoga background was don't get me wrong yoga won't heal you it's not that simple but the skills of yoga and the sensitivity and patience and observation and kindness and non-judgment and compassion these skills that I had embodied for 20 years I started I started yoga 21 years ago so it's been a huge part of my life
0: wow
1: um that really gave me the tenacity and the conviction to know actually we can change this is reversible i've seen it not only in my yoga students but i i then experienced it in myself it took me four years to heal um and so i left ended up leaving the mainstream system started seeking balance started face to face in a somewhat kind of mainstream hybrid model Um, and then I shifted online and created this 24-7 plethora of, of physical, mental, emotional, spiritual tools and support and education resources to help people understand how their brain works, why we don't heal, why some people get stuck for a lifetime of chronic symptoms, and how we can actually break chronic symptom loops, reintroduce new neural pathways and actually rebuild an entirely new normal. And then I wrote a book about it. So I had to build the process and test the process and take people through the process. The first question is always, well, just cause it worked for me, doesn't mean it will work for someone else. So the no, first question is, does this work? If people are learning online, like, you know, what's gonna happen? We don't know, that's the hypothesis. And mm-hmm. I was blown away. The results were much better than clinic because they had 24 seven access to support resources covering everything from unsteadiness to anxiety to self-doubts to you know fogginess and confusion and they could access that support when they needed it they didn't have to wait a month to come to me for a therapy session so there wasn't all that dead time it was just Mm. a really engaged process so they got they healed better they healed quicker and the results showed that it wasn't actually even about their vertigo dizziness or tinnitus anymore they were becoming kind of more friendly and kind to themselves their entire relationship to their body and their entire relationship to themselves was changing and so the feedback I'm getting actually for my book funnily enough is this is not for vertigo and tinnitus patients alone this is for the entire population this teaches I think it's
0: for everybody I think it's for everybody that doesn't even have chronic illness and these symptoms it's for people that you know let life take them over and let stresses take them over and you
1: know I think that's everyone I mean no one's on path and completely aligned all the time like even me and I've written the book I lose myself and there's days where I feel not quite right I feel off I feel off kilter Mm -hmm. I feel imbalanced Mm -hmm. and it's like I'm having conversations I shouldn't be having or I'm talking to people in ways it's just not authentic to me or I'm you know like I'm I'm starting to lose my authenticity and jump on the hamster wheel again. And I tell you with media and publishing a book, there's so many opportunities for me to lose myself and be this celebrity status. People tell me I should be, and I have to mm-hmm. keep coming back to, okay, well, what's authentic to me and what's actually going to, to maintain the most homeostasis and equilibrium in my neurology. So I don't like get fireworks going on and then feel off. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Coming back to truth which is a lifetime practice. Um, and anyway, so the, the, the moral of the story is I saw a hole in the system, which was nobody's fault. And I'm not blaming anyone. I was getting really angry about it. Actually. I was starting to get really paved I'm like, why is nobody helping these? And then I realized, yeah, that's because actually no one has the training and I have to do it. Like, I'm the one I'm angry at. I'm the one letting people down. I've got the training. So then it's like, all right, I've got to. I've got to build the clinic. I've got to do the hypotheses and research. I've got to get the funding. You know, I self-funded all of this. There's no university or um, government funding. It's all come from me. And um, then, you know, I've got to write the book about it. So I think this is the beginning of an entire new wave of vestibular tinnitus treatment. I think this book I'm hoping will prompt more research and more professionals to understand neuroplasticity at an embodied level instead of just reading about it in a class for an hour and then that's it.
0: I think it's um, I I mean, I don't know if anybody saw Joey's um, post this morning at UK time, but on the group, Um, she put a a link to the first chapter of her book. (laughs) So I don't know how many people read that I read it. using the speech uh, functionality on my laptop. So it, it spoke to me. Um, and it, if that's anything to go by, the book is just going to be incredible because I just learned so much in that first chapter. Um, not just about your, your yoga practice and how you, you excelled in that and and found that as a benefit spiritually and exercise. (laughs) Um, but also, um, just different things about it and and like for example just quoting this uh I, I was speaking to you about this earlier but you know what I say uh when I'm feeling a bit funny and the group will know this from my lives I feel a bit off today um and there's different ways you can say that and you say it um in a way of not quite right and so the abbreviation of it is NQR and I love that because I just think it is not you don't feel quite right and I think you're right that neuroplasticity is a sort of a a way of trying to connect yourself back to yourself, you, you do in in this, this life, and especially with pandemic and everything going on, you know. Know it, people become so disconnected. Yeah. Um, I believe my husband's tinnitus when he first said to me, uh, and you know that you know I said to you a few months ago he'd he'd developed this tinnitus a few months ago. I believe he's um, got disconnected. Really, he's got a bit stressed. He's let the emotions run, <laughs> you yeah. know, and it's just trying to sort of get him back connected again. And, and it's so easily, t- easily done, isn't it? You know, that people do yeah. let these things run away with themselves.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think it's important. I actually didn't put this in my book, but just hearing you say that it's really important to understand that um, it's kind of like we're changing it. This isn't this bits in my book. So we're changing all the time. We're not the person we were yesterday. At a Mm. physical level, our cells are dying and regenerating like every day, every week, every month. We're actually not the same person we were last week or last month. So to want to be that person is going to set yourself up for failure. Rather than want to try and go back to who you used to be, it's important to rebuild who you want to be and actually build the neural pathways that create those desired sensory outcomes, which is what neuroplasticity is about. It's about processing what we feel and what's out of alignment, things that have been ignored or suppressed Perhaps for 20, 30 years, moving yeah. through and feeling through that, allowing the brain to make sense of it. And then once we clear, so it's almost like once we clear some of that old blocked stuff, we create space. And anything can go in there, including chronic symptom loops. If we don't fill it up consciously with what we want to feel in our lives, the next random thing in our brain will just go into that space. It's kind of like mm-hmm. once we deal with one worry, the next worry pops up. Yeah. You ever noticed that? So yeah, it's almost yeah. like we have all these fragments of ourselves and the neuroplasticity process is about, as an adult, pulling all of those pieces together like a jigsaw puzzle and actually making sense of them. And so often mm-hmm. we're living fragmented lives. So it's like, okay, with my partner, I'm this person. And with my kids, I'm that person. And when I'm mm-hmm. alone, I'm like that. And when I'm in yoga, I put on that facade. And we, we, we fragment ourselves instead of just being a whole person that's really connected to our truth and our soul essence, 24-7 in a sense so what I wanted to say and this is bits not in the book is just because we don't feel quite right when we feel not quite right something's out physically mentally emotionally or spiritually something's not quite right right so it's not always a physical damage to the ear sometimes it's an emotional conflict or a mental persistent worry pattern or it could be a spiritual belief meaning Am I giving my power away? Am I asking somebody else to fix me? Am I waiting for someone to say yes? Am I waiting for someone to say no? And I'm giving my power away. So the spiritual piece is about, do I believe in myself? Do I back myself? Am I standing in my sovereignty? And when we're not, it feels not quite right. And I just wanted to say that just because we feel not quite right doesn't actually mean we're wrong. We often interpret that as I'm abnormal. I shouldn't mm. feel this. And I think if we flip all that conversation around and go, well, actually, life is complicated. I am juggling a lot of really complex relationships. The world at the moment is a pretty confusing, chaotic place. There's a lot of reason right now to feel not quite right, especially yeah. as an adult woman in the world. Yeah. And maybe it's actually perfectly normal I feel not quite right and how can I begin to have compassion for all of those fragments and pieces and bring them home and integrate them and, and create a really safe, kind, loving space in my inner world, which I fully discuss in the book, getting to know our inner world.
0: Also, what I loved in that first chapter is, you know, we all go for this testing and it seems that sort of ENG testing you pushed into that and that's seems to be the dumb thing to do. And, um, but actually, what you say in that first chapter really hit home to me today. If you've had sign off from a professional that you are medically okay, you are fine medically, you've had the test, you're fine. And then you went into saying about taking control of yourself. You are in control of it. And then you've got your team around you. So you've got your, your doctor that medically can check you off. You've got your, you know, and other people around, I'd really love that because it just, you know, and, I suppose my question to you that I've written uh, uh, about um, stuff is, you know, w- what if someone, I'm quite a strong person, so I can I can quite, I've got quite a good willpower, uh, quite a good get up and go, and I, I'm, I'm a bit of a bull in a china shop, and I can go, right, today I'm going to get up and I'm going to try and do the best I can. Da, 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 da. What if you've gone down this process and you've been here, there and everywhere and seen lots of people, uh, professionals and be told lots of different diagnoses and, uh, and then you've been battered over time, literally maybe three, four years, you've gone like a pinball machine all around the NHS. <laughs> and when you get to the end of the road, uh, in, in regards to you not got any answers, you're, you're very deflated, you're very yeah. weakened by the whole process. You feel like you have no get up and go anymore no fighting you left. How can those people get control? How can they gain back control?
1: First of all, what you just described is the most common story I hear. And I hear it from Spain, from Germany, from Africa, from North and South America, from Asia, from Australia. So first of all, that is the Rocksteady community. It's extremely rare that someone, it does happen, but it's extremely rare that someone's like, oh, I'm just going to Google dizziness and tinnitus. I got it yesterday and bang, I'm going to join Joey's program. Usually they come to my program last because we're trained to want an authority to fix us. You know, when you're a child at school, talk to the teacher, listen to your parents, go to the doctor. So we're trained to give our power away. And it's usually not until we've seen 15 or 40 doctors and had lots of assessment. We feel depleted, exhausted. It's expensive. It's exhausting that we start going, okay, this is not working. This is what happened to me. Okay. This exact process happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so what to do I think is read my book. My book explains yeah. why we're in that pickle. It actually gives compassion to the entire community of people trying. Your doctor's trying. It's not their fault. Your mm-hmm. physical therapist trying, your audiologist is trying, everybody wants to help you. We're in a caring profession, but nobody can change your neurons. So the reason we're feeling chronic symptoms, whether it's tinnitus, dizziness, vertigo, the not quite rights, whatever, chronic pain, anxiety, depression, all of it. They are neural patterns and pathways on repeat. Okay. Anxiety is a neural pattern on repeat. Dizziness is a neural pattern on repeat. Tinnitus is a neural pattern on repeat. It's reversible. We can change it. The doctor right. can't, Joey can't, Lara can't, the physical mm-hmm. therapist can't, nobody else can go in and get tweezers and change this neuron from here to there. All they can do is offer medical clearance and some little expertise of advice that may or may not be helpful to you. So it's really important not to put all of your faith in one person or one cluster of professionals. Absolutely. Yeah. It's important that we take that power back and say, okay, they're my assistants I need the doctors, I need the audiologist, I need the dietitian, that naturopathy the osteo. They help me with little bits of my jigsaw puzzle and they support me and they let me understand my body. Medical clearance is means that we have enough to live a healthy life. It means that our heart's beating, our lungs are working, our ears are fine, our brain is healthy, and we can move forwards with medical confidence. That doesn't mean we feel normal it doesn't even mean we have a diagnosis some people never get a diagnosis and the doctors are stumped but from that place of no diagnosis and medical clearance you can confidently use neuroplasticity to rebuild a new normal and Absolutely. that's where the neuroplasticity daily practice comes in we have to learn how to reshape our body and brain from the inside not from the outer expert
0: and i think i mean i i don't know my group probably knows this so well this line that i always chant (laughs) but i I love this line because i was sort of similar thing it's um you know i get a lot of people contacting me who externalize so much they're reaching out for this person to fix and that person to. i have tried that so i'm going to try this and then by the time they've gone through 90 different different Mm. external things they're still got nowhere and i suppose there's a, a line that i quite like is what you seek is already within you because I quite like that because actually, we can do things to help ourselves, you know, get better, <laughs> can't we? And I know, you know, your book is a fantastic guidance and, and that helps people bring that strength out of them. You know, it, it helps yeah. people find their way. Yeah. And
1: I, I would say that I would say the starting point is acknowledge the grief and sadness. Like, yeah. can I swear? Yes, I think so. Just acknowledge, word or anything. <laughs> just acknowledge that you feel shit you feel crap you feel exhausted you you feel failed you feel disappointed like acknowledge the, the deep dark yucky crappy space mm-hmm. that is chronic illness and mm-hmm. acknowledge the fact that you haven't known how to support yourself or how to heal yourself and you probably feel bad about that and that's a really normal emotional hurdle to go through i went through it Lara will go through, everyone goes through it. It's like, well, if I can fix myself, why haven't I fixed myself already, right? That yeah. is a starting place because that's kind of where the compassion kicks in. And that's what it needs to be balanced with education. There's a reason. So I, I often take it away from symptoms and, and use the metaphor of playing the piano. Neuroplasticity is a learning process. It's literally like this neuron's learning to talk to that neuron. And let's say this pathway represents steadiness and calm. Our steadiness and calm pathway is not going to be activated unless we stimulate it, right? The doctor doesn't do that. So here's my steadiness and calm pathway and it's learning. And in the beginning, it's clumsy. It misses. It's like, you know, it's making mistakes. And then with practice and daily attention, it starts to get really hardwired and it's there all the time. And you walk around with it. A little bit like playing the piano. If If I want to learn the piano, A, I need to buy a piano. Right, let's start from the basics. I probably need to get a piano teacher. I probably need to get some piano resources and musical, you know, whatever. Like I need to figure out if I wanna play folk or jazz, all of that. And then it's like, I'm going to do better if I practice daily and I enjoy what I'm learning. If I actually Mm. like the music, that's gonna help me. If I never sit down or like, let's say I just sit at the piano and I don't touch it. I just go, I can play the piano. I can do this, I can do this. I can play the piano. It's not going to help. I'm not going to learn to play the piano by doing meditative visualisation mantras. I need to put my hands on the keys and I need to fumble away and I need to build that automated process. And this is where a lot of meditation and psychology practices and even just regular old yoga classes don't help us feel better because Mm. they're not targeted at what we actually want to play or do or feel. It's just somebody else's external regime or a visualisation which is not the full story. So it's important to understand, yes, you may have tried yoga. Yes, you may have tried meditation or Tai Chi or spiritual energetic healing. There might have been so many different things you've tried, but none of that is targeted neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity practices are things you design for yourself because you are teaching those neural networks how to embed, how to fire, and you know when they're firing because you actually feel it, right? You go through this moment of, okay, I feel steady and calm right now, wow. Wow all right, well, I'm going to learn how to do that more often because I can feel the reward. I can feel it. Like my clients often say to me, I love practicing neuroplasticity because I actually feel what I want to feel. Like practicing it is the reward. I mean, that
0: the body scan that you have, I and mean, we'll go on to the questions from members soon, but we'll just finish off a couple of my points Um I think are important because the body scan I've done of yours for the last two years, um, and it was ever since I did the last interview with you two years ago, whatever it was. And it just helps me so much. Sometimes I forget to do it (laughs) if life's busy. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like wondering why I'm not connected to my body again. And I'm like, right, I've got to do the body scan. Um, and I know from last interview we did, and we chatted about nature that I found was a healer and, you know, I need to listen to my body and it needs to get outside. And I need to get into the fresh air and I need more water. I need more nutritious foods. Recently, I've needed more cake. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what that's about. I need and cake. But if my body scan says that I do, I, you know, <laughs> got to surrender to it. But um, it's just really interesting because anybody that, um, you know it is looking for tools out there on seekingbalance.au.com.au yeah au. Yeah, seeking
1: right?
0: there's toolkits on there um the, the body scan is brilliant it is absolutely brilliant um yeah. and it has helped me get back my connection uh when i'm feeling off when you know yeah. nqr not quite right i you know it really does help um so let me go through if i've covered
1: while you're doing that i just wanted to say also yeah. what's the book Can you? so the book just... um i was just saying to lara i don't actually sell the book the book is sold by the world of book people so you go online to buy it and it's, i don't know how much it is in pounds you might know lara but it's it's 18 99 dollars. in the uk yep. about 14 pounds yeah yeah and that may or may not include postage but included in this book and honestly this book is a summary of 10 years of my hard work. And um, when I say hard work, I mean, you don't have to do the hard work because I've done it for you. So I didn't have any guidance with my healing. I had to like go through the neuroplasticity process, trial and error, trial and error, trial and error, trying to figure it out for years. And now I'm noticing my clients get much quicker results because they're fully supported. They've got the tools, they've got the education, everything makes sense. They've got a place, in their brain to put all of this information and I think this book really is the container for learning how to heal and having that education to say all right the reason I can't play the piano is because I don't own a piano and that's okay and it's the same with healing your dizziness or healing your tinnitus or whatever your condition is is if you have had this chronically for months or years that is not your fault you are not to blame and the chances are you haven't had the resources or education or support to actually teach your neurology and your neural networks how to change this book is that beginning starting place and what i wanted to say within the book is a free online workbook so um, i'm not going to tell you the url now it's embedded in the book and it's got extra home exercises videos q a calls with me it's got these beautiful pdf illustrations that i organized with anatomy uh, labels And they're beautiful colour, watercolour images. You can print them off and stick them around your bedroom or your bathroom or wherever just to help you learn and understand about your body. I think education is the missing piece.
0: It is. And I think I wish I'd had something like this back when I was told that I would have this for life. You know, I I had three vestibular conditions. Tragic. Nobody has to have it for life. It's reversed. And then I, I dipped into a massive depression in 2013 when I, my therapist had told me that I'll have this for life and um, I'm going to have vestibular neuritis, chronic vestibular neuritis, vestibular migraine, and then went on to have triple PD, but um, the neuritis was the dysfunction side. It was the the damaged nerves.
1: Honestly, it's all explained in my book. All of those conditions are explained in my book. I've got a whole chapter that goes through a lot of the common vestibular diagnoses. They're all reversible even if you have permanent damage to one ear from many ears or neuritis or whatever
0: you have got, That's, that is so hopeful
1: and yeah, it just gives people it's, hope. because It's just medically inaccurate to say anybody is stuck. The one thing you I can know. count on I, in I your life. Really I mean, literally I just, <laughs> one thing you can count on is change. The one certainty you have is change. You're going to change. Your symptoms are going to change. Your sensations are going to change. Your inner world will change. And we have, you know, close to 100 billion neurons. We have billions of neurons. Each neuron has 15,000 synaptic connections. We're not using so many of them. So even if like we damage, let's say 30,000, which is a lot, that's a that's a huge damage to the inner ear. There yeah. are adjacent neural pathways that can take over the function and and bunny hop into that system. healthy neural pathways that you and can replace jump. On. it. Yeah. yeah. So you're not yeah. going to be the same. Like you're not going to have the old... Function you used to have that is dead forever, but your functionality can adapt and compensate. Humans are adaptable. This is what we're designed to do. Neuroplasticity is inhibited by chronic stress and worry and doubt.
0: Mm-hmm. And actually, if a professional turns around and says you're going to have this for life, and that, that is what sparks off and kicks off that awful emotional roller coaster.
1: And can, it can really easily result in triple PD. Like we see it all the time. So my book explains how to prevent that and how to reverse that. So triple PD Good. is treatable. Totally you treatable.
0: You to have one of these books in every single audiology and ENT and
1: urology. Yes. And and that's, well, that's actually <laughs> part of my pre-order campaign. I'm, I'm giving bonuses to people who are distributing my book. So if people buy multiple copies, if it's six copies or 15 copies or 50 copies, and they distribute them out to medical clinics, balance clinics, audiology clinics, psychology clinics, whatever. Um, There's heaps of really generous bonuses and I'll give...
0: Well, I'll definitely be doing that because um, I was meant to, before COVID hit, I was meant to go and work at the hospital as an emotional side of things, you know, because the professionals can't do that type of thing. And this is what I was going to bring in, like, your sort of neuroplasticity into that. So this is just
1: perfect. Yeah, Yeah. and you can sell the book. So... um, in other words, you can buy multiple copies out of your own pocket if you can afford it. Yeah. You can sell the book and get the money back. And I've got a, a heap of bonuses, including like an inner circle book club and a private therapy session mm. with me. Oh, we, we, we can have a chat about, I've got some ideas anyway. Of, All right, of let's, let's hit these
0: questions. Right. Let's, let's jump in. So first question, um, if tinnitus is a result of damage in the middle ear, is it curable? yes um I've noticed over the years that when I have a headache migraine my tinnitus ramps up why is, oh sorry that's the second part of it
1: yeah sorry um, yes tinnitus doesn't need a cure so yes it's reversible doesn't matter where it comes from it's all about how we relate to it and my book explains that and um, migraines are changes to neural firing patterns and in the body and you know actually anything in life changes how our neurons fire you know walk up a staircase it changes how your neurons fire have a really big long sleep it changes how your neurons fire we're, we're dynamic and anytime our neural patterns change the sounds in our body change the sounds are normal the sounds belong there um just said, talking about that sleep uh, for some reason when i
0: and i know a lot of people are like this if i have eight hours i'm i have a pretty good day if i have six hours five hours not great, if I have 10 hours sleep, not great. So does that, is that sort of balance of what's right for you, like that, That you know?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't overanalyze it though. No. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, if we slow down Absolutely. too much, as in if we're a couch potato, and just sleeping couch potato, sleeping couch potato, we lose muscle tone, we, you know, it's much mm. harder on our heart to beat, And that can lead to dizziness because it's like a lethargy. The the body's not getting the basic inputs it needs. Whereas if we're go, 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 not sleeping much, we're on the hamster wheel, got to should do this, drop the kids off, do this, go to work, cook a meal. That also can lead to dizziness because the system's too revved up. And so there is no prescription and there's no right way. But we need to be constantly checking in. Do I need to go for a walk around the block and move? Do Mm. I need to go to bed early? Do I need to have a siesta? Do I need to actually take a week of
0: work? That it's a a a fine a happy balance, a happy level. You've got to find your own. Know yourself. And that's exactly
1: what the book's about. And it teaches you how to know yourself because that's where the yoga expertise comes in. Svadhyaya is the Sanskrit yoga term for self study. It's a lifelong journey because even if you nail it this week and you're like, I've totally got this I've nailed neuroplasticity I'm amazing come the next week and you'll be like on the floor going oh my god it's all changed I've got to you know I've got to start from scratch because you're dynamic and you're changing not to mention as women we have these huge hormonal changes each month or with pregnancy or with menopause and then it's like I'm a new joey who am I today okay how do I support this joey I've got to get to know her again So having this this humility to show up each day with freshness and curiosity in the beginner's mind is, you know, that's when you've nailed it. When you realize you don't know what you need every day and you're at peace with that uncertainty and you're able to navigate how to support yourself, that's when you've nailed it.
0: Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, So I think the second part to that question, uh, I've noticed over the years that when I have a headache, migraine, my tinnitus ramps up. That's very similar to mine, actually. Uh, Why is this? And what can I do to reduce the
1: severity of the pain? Read my book. Because nobody else can answer that question. When you ask questions that are better answered by you, you're giving your power away. Yeah. That is a great example of a question that gives your power away. Hmm. Right? Your body is changing body sounds based on what's going on in your life, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And so your sounds are going up and down based on what's going on for you physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Only you know what's going on in your life. It could be as simple as I've got this really awkward, yucky conversation I've got to have with a friend and it doesn't feel good. And that can be creating like, you know, a noisy orchestra in your body because there's a bit of apprehension about that or maybe guilt or maybe sadness, or maybe you're feeling judged. So it can be very personal. Never ask an expert a question that you can better answer yourself.
0: Mm Because
1: what you need to do about that may or may not be to have that conversation with a friend, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so next question is, I sometimes feel my tinnitus, this is a, a VM-related one, um, as a vibration in in my head. Um, is this common thing? Is this a common thing? Is it related to vestibular migraines?
1: Yep, super common. Okay. All sensory distortions, doesn't matter where it comes through the nose. The tongue, the ears, the eyes, the skin, any sensory distortion is part of this mix. I just call them unwanted body sounds and unwanted body sensations. All of them are reversible. They're all normal. There's, there's, a,
0: the migraine is what you had. You've, you've yes. had this. Yep.
1: And I'll get another migraine if I push myself or ignore myself or, you know, fall off the right. Um, it'll come back. And I'm, I have no fear of that because I know exactly how to move through it. And generally, I'm really good at preventing it. It hasn't come back, but I know I'm not invincible, right?
0: That, that just sounds exactly like me because I, I feel that I, I was really under control with, all, with my vestibular migraines and everything for a long time. And then I pushed myself far too much in June and July. I was doing 250 miles walking and biking and other stuff, doing the house, doing the kids, doing the work. Yeah. It was bound to come crashing down. 7th of August, spin attack, stuck in that. But actually I don't seem to have that fear of it. Just like you said, I just, I, I get over it a lot quick. Well, I sort of got stuck in it a little bit because I then had a tummy bug and and cold and everything like that, I it's, but it's also, I did get over it better now.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also really important to recognize, like I don't live with vestibular migraine. I don't have vestibular migraine. If I get it again, that will be a whole new experience. And mm. I think it's really important to not over-label and over-diagnose. Well, because the doctor's given me that diagnosis, therefore I live with it for my, life, for my life. Not at all. Think about it more as a pimple. When you have that pimple, it's annoying, it's embarrassing, you've got to wait for it to heal, you've got to do what you need to do to – you know um soothe the skin or whatever but it's yeah. not like you live with that pimple for your entire life when it's present it's present when it's healed it's healed and it may or may not come back again so it's this hold it really lightly this is the vestibular conditions are intermittent conditions you don't live with them 24 7 if they are 24 7 chronic symptoms that's because the neurology is, is is kicking and spinning a little bit like a vinyl record that's that's stuck on repeat and it's all reversible and my book explains how to reverse it and how to break this cycle
0: yeah I love that right there is in between relapses or in between those things say that you've got six months of not having an attack you are not a vestibular migraine sufferer I love that getting that into my brain I, I don't have vestibular migraines because I haven't got anything at the moment but then when something hits yeah it's a new sensation it's something i have to get over and then
1: and it may never come back like i literally may never get another one ever again so it's good to be really open to the outcomes you can't control them i can't control my future especially because some of it is the outside world triggering us
0: yeah yeah of course you know
1: like i can't predict my brother breaking his neck skiing becoming quadriplegic right so stuff happens but in this moment i'm completely healthy and normal aside from the fact i'm sleep deprived because i'm still breastfeeding (laughs) nine-month-old baby um I'd still consider that normal right and it's it's important to to own that and that's about the alignment because if I walked around telling everyone I was a vestibular patient that would just feel like lying to me it would feel really inauthentic you know what I mean yeah yeah yeah
0: no that's interesting yeah no I, I I like I like that way about looking at it actually um and, and, and for a time you feel normal because you've, you're saying to yourself, I, I'm, "I'm fine, I'm not got actually like, like that.
1: the last sentence in my book says something like
0: that. <clears throat>
1: All right, let's fire over the question. Um, is it common to
0: suffer multiple conditions when you have a vestibular disorder? People I have spoken to with balance disorder tend to have other things going on, um, For example, fibromyalgia, not long after being diagnosed with vestibular migraine.
1: Yes, it's extremely common. And it's because the autonomic nervous system involvement, a lot of um, autoimmune disorders and anxiety disorders and depression um, and chronic pain. These kind of elusive conditions that the medical world can't really pinpoint are often related to chronic stress loops and patterns that are not of a physical origin. Okay, it's not a splinter, it's not a broken bone. It's the mental, emotional, spiritual world in complete chaos and disconnect. And healing the mental, emotional, spiritual parts of our inner world um, takes courage, takes bravery. It's actually really gentle and quite easy to implement, but often we're not taught how to do it. So we just feel stuck and we feel abnormal and we feel dismissed and we feel like we're crazy and people don't believe us. My book explains how to approach that mental, emotional, spiritual part of the journey. Right. The doctors and the health experts will do the physical piece, you know, mm. physical exercises, diet, drugs, all of that. We do the mental, emotional, spiritual. And if we're not doing that, no one's doing that. No, no. So, yes, a lot of those conditions fall into that mental, emotional, spiritual quagmire of confusion. And we, we need to bring clarity to that and, you know, give, give our inner world a spring clean. So that the neurons can fire more cleanly and efficiently and return back to normal or at least optimize health if you can't return to normal for whatever, you know, genetic diagnosed disorder or something.
0: Well, I know that over the years, my you know, when my vestibular migraines reared its head and all of the other vestibular things, I you know, my endometriosis got worse, my IBS got worse, I you yeah, know It's everything.
1: all linked. Everything just I um, the whole- I, I I cover that in detail in module four oh, yeah. of what which is my online program, which is different yeah. together. That's my really big program. Um, but the book certainly touches upon the importance of the mental, emotional, spiritual journey and what we can do about it and how we can begin that process. Of, Excellent. Yeah.
0: Brilliant. Um, I find when my hormones are all over the place, my vertigo is bad. Why is this?
1: Yeah, so hormones are like little text messages that your body is sending from A to B all over the body. Hormones impact like every cell in your body. And so when our hormones are changing, our body is going through a dramatic software update. It's going through huge changes. Hormones are normal, hormones are healthy, hormones are amazing. But when they are changing or imbalanced, and remember, one of the biggest things that changes our hormones is stress. And like, this could be like, I'm just worried about a job interview tomorrow. That can change my stress hormones. That changes how our body senses and feels and perceives the world. It changes our body sound. It changes the efficiency of our stability. Um, So the dizziness pathways can become more amplified. Um, Mm. It changes how we relate to ourselves and how we perceive ourselves. So hormones are huge. And in fact, a lot of women get onset of their conditions prenatally or postnatally for these reasons. They're depleted, they're exhausted, their hormones are all over the place. And then throw on top of that, this kind of body image, self-rejection, self-critique. It's a really nasty recipe for um, these neurological error patterns, let's call them. They're not quite right.
0: I've been having some, um, uh, just coincidentally on that question, I've been having some issues with, um hormonal uh, with my doctor thought I was perimenopausal but to be quite honest I think stress has triggered some hormone response and symptoms uh, mimicking perimenopausal symptoms I, I don't think I'm perimenopausal at all I'm 43 and fairly young for it but um I I put my hands on it in stress <laughs> it so be, it could be both though yeah
1: it could be it, both it can I, be I I mean I think the average menopause age is around 50 and it can be years of slowly easing yeah. it. I mean, it might, you know, I've got severe endometriosis,
0: so um, might kick something off. You but, know what?
1: Uh, like it doesn't even matter. It's just a label. You're Lara. doesn't matter yeah. if you're perimenopausal or endometriate. They're just fancy medical words. words. So medical stuff. So we can document letters to each other and we can say what we need to say because if we just say, oh, it's Lara, it doesn't give us the medical information we need about you, right? So Mm. it's almost like those labels have a a role to play in documentation and for efficacy in that communication. But when I'm working with Joey, it's like, right, what am I feeling in this moment? What am I needing in this moment? How can I support and reassure myself in this moment? I don't need any of those labels. Whether Mm. in perimenopausal or not actually doesn't matter. It's about this moment and how I can address the neurons firing right now. Neuroplasticity happens in present time, here and now, and not yesterday and not tomorrow and not five minutes ago and not five minutes from now. It's literally in present moment. The chemicals move from one neuron to the next. And we're learning to manipulate that process so we get Mm. the outcomes we want.
0: Well, I think and also the same thing is where people search for that label, that diagnosis, that name of what they've got, but actually you're feeling these symptoms. It doesn't really, you know, obviously I have loads of people come to me and say, well, it does matter to me. I want to know what I've got so I can research it and I can learn it and I can deal with it and heal it.
1: But that's that's part of what keeps them stuck. Yeah. People who need that certainty will be stuck for longer. People who need that diagnosis are operating from a very rigid mindset if we can throw the diagnosis out the window and go thank you doctor for medical clearance that's great good i'm alive see you later if we can be uncertain about the label but show up to what's actually present and real and take actions to support that and then co-create whatever it is we desire to feel so in my rocksteady online program actually in the book too i get you to identify what you want to feel not what you don't want to feel whatever you focus on fires neurons so if you don't want to feel dizzy and you spend all day long saying i don't want to feel dizzy you're telling your brain to fire more dizzy neurons you're actually giving the brain a job to focus on the dizziness and to allocate more resource there more biological resource so we have to throw that out the window not care about our diagnosis or how somebody else heals because how they heal is completely irrelevant we need to know okay well what do i need to do right now to give myself that mental, emotional, spiritual, self-soothing and self-reassurance to kick the sympathetic nervous system over into parasympathetic, which is where we repair and actually employ neuroplasticity. And then Mm -hmm. how do I focus on what I want to feel, which might be inner peace, might be Mm -hmm. confidence, it might be courage, it might be stability and um, steadiness. Mm -hmm. How do I fire those neurons? Because it doesn't matter what my diagnosis is. That process is completely independent through that goose chase search of how other people heal and how other people label me, right? So this is where we don't want to be rigid thinking. We want to be really open and curious and loving and present. Mm. Those people heal dramatically quickly and have profound outcomes because they actually come to a deeper place of acceptance in themselves.
0: Mm. And I'm not saying that. There's a lot of time when people go for ENG testing and they've had all those tests, the three hour tests, and yeah. they come out of it with no no clear signal and oh oh, well the test must be wrong I've got to go for more tests (laughs) well actually no as you say you've had medical clearance you've you've been told that everything's fine you're safe you're well and that's when
1: and I have an entire chapter in the book on that exact conversation trust it doctors are experts if there's one thing a doctor is good at It's knowing if you're going to die. Like that is what their training is all about. They may have no idea what your diagnosis is, but they will tell you if you're about to die. They Mm. know how to see a person who is in critical um, and serious, sinister, damaging, dangerous, life-threatening situations, right? They have that is their expertise. If they cannot find anything that we would consider a red flag in the medical world, they will give you medical clearance. Yeah. Right? That's what you want. You don't need to know whether you have triple PD or maldebarkment or vestibular migraine. As my book explains, from a neuroplasticity perspective, healing is exactly the same. The process is the same. It doesn't matter what your label is. You might have fibromyalgia. You might have chronic pain. You might have rheumatoid arthritis. You might have depression. You might have anxiety. You might have multiple sclerosis. doesn't matter. Healing with neuroplasticity is about knowing yourself, knowing what you're feeling in this moment, knowing what you want to feel in this moment, and closing that gap. Knowing how to do that takes a lot of self-study, humility, curiosity and loving kindness, because we often judge ourselves for feeling this, then judge ourselves for wanting to feel that and then judge ourselves for not knowing how to bridge the gap. Yeah. And
0: then, as you say, your book is a guide for that. And then, obviously, the online rock study course is, is, gets really deep. and <laughs> It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, so uh, let's carry on with the questions. Um I find when I'm rushed off my feet, my tinnitus is worse. I struggle with hearing, and this is, this makes it worse. I struggle to hear, and it's even worse with face masks on. Yeah. I get so embarrassed. Yeah. Um, it just goes on to say that it, uh, it, it's amplified. She's got BA, HA, but this just amplifies the high pitch. Um, I have to take it off, the face mask. Any suggestions on how to manage? when I don't have time to stop?
1: Yeah. I mean, that th- this is another question where the, the person asking it has the answers more than I do. I would be... The first thing that's screaming out to me is self-compassion. Where is the compassion for what you're going through? I mean, embarrassment is a sign that you're criticising yourself and you're telling yourself, well, I, I should be doing better. It's really hard to be rushed in a noisy place with a hearing loss and people wearing masks. That's like... Mm-hmm that's like a really difficult situation. I mean, that's the equivalent of like trying to fly to the moon and back. So where's the compassion? Where's the compassion for what you are experiencing? Where's your advocacy for time management? Why are you rushed? Mm. Why aren't you making choices that better suit you, your body, your capacity? Um, And I think sometimes we, we tell ourselves, no, I have to do it. I've got to put food on the table. I've got to feed the kids. I would just say, question that belief. If that's a limiting belief, see what other options are out there for you. Um, and those answers not, that, might not come straight away. I think I remember it was yourself
0: or someone said, look, you know, at the end of the day, say you've got to get tea, say tea is on the table at 5 p.m. What happens if it's just half an hour later? Does it really matter?
1: Yeah, that's, But you know also, I mean? also from an, um, an, an even bigger point of view, how can we look at saying well if this job is not working for me because my body's literally reacting to it and i'm and i'm rushed and i'm busy and i can't hear and i just don't feel like i'm embarrassed like if i don't feel kind of safe and secure and accepted by my colleagues you know and that's another starting point is like change how you work with your colleagues you know perhaps it's like I've got a girlfriend who's pregnant at the moment and she's a theater nurse. And because they her her boss was like, well, we don't want you on your feet all the time you're pregnant. So they gave her an office job. So she didn't have to quit her job, but she had this beautiful, loving, caring colleague who helped her find a job that was more suitable for her body in that point in her life. So open up to these conversations of actually changing the scenario and situation and be really open to opportunities that arise because often we get locked it has to be this way and i'm trapped well maybe maybe not
0: there are choices i suppose you know Um... and it all starts
1: with opening up the thought patterns and the conversation the mental emotional spiritual is where it starts the physical often comes later
0: yeah brilliant um Okay. Um, da, 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 da. How can we find a balance between rest and movement? I often find myself struggling with energy levels um, and burnout. If I rest too much, I have more vertigo.
1: Oh, that's just self study. That's just listening to your body. Your body will tell you. Your body knows exactly what it wants and needs. The question. That's, is- the, level, that's the level thing again, isn't it? Like, let just being not- present. It doesn't like it doesn't matter if you burnt out yesterday or if you slept too much if you sleep too much tomorrow none of that matters that's past and future neuroplasticity is what am i feeling right now and what do i need right now that's Mm. all it is like keep it simple
0: and would you say out of all of the tools that you've got on your website and what you say in your book um i don't want to get you to give too much away from your book but is it the body scans that are such a really good tool for people daily practice those i mean
1: in a perfect world we're living in a body scan we're actually connected to our body 24 7 that's yoga and that that's enlightenment okay. so yes coming back to a body scan means we're actually sensing and feeling what the neurons are doing we're not it's not academic we're not like oh what do i need i'll just brainstorm it up here that's not going to help anyone heal because it's usually up here that's got us into the pickle in the first place yeah <laughs> oh, it should be this and it should be that and that's abnormal and i need blah, blah, blah. it's all up here we've got to drop into the body to sense and feel well, what's actually going on and what do i actually need yeah 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 now not tomorrow
0: It it seems not a simple thing, but you know what I mean. Like to connect to yourself and to actually get more connected, it it feels more such a simple thing, but it's not. I know it takes commitment and it takes practice and it takes
1: takes you know, it takes courage. Because sometimes what we're feeling is awful. Like sometimes, but I think unless it's
0: pointed out to you, you're so stuck in sort of being engulfed by these symptoms and being engulfed by everything that you don't really see it. Clearly, unless you've got tools like this book and and like you and yeah,
1: and I think chapter one even opens up that conversation of yeah, oh you've got your symptoms, but what else? Like just notice what else is there. Maybe you feel really beautiful in your left shoulder. Just notice that. You might yeah, know,
0: you know, like just- I, to you, I know I know all of your stuff really well over the last two years, but actually I learned so much even reading that first chapter.
1: Yeah, even more so. And I said to Lara, I'm like, it gets better. I think I didn't have my flow yeah. in the first few chapters I'm like it just gets better my heart opened up as I was writing it I loved writing this book by the way it was a joy
0: oh just is incredible I just have admiration and I would love to write a book like I said to you but you know it will happen one day but it's just incredible Uh, and with a baby as well um (laughs) who's gorgeous um right next question um I often have bouts of mild dizziness on days when I have no other migraine symptoms. Uh, Sometimes they feel like short spins. Sometimes I feel like I'm moving, floating when I'm not. Any idea why these occur and what can I do to prevent them? While they are not debilitating as vertigo, they affect me both physically and psychologically as they happen quite often, sometimes daily, multiple times a day.
1: Yeah. Again, you're the best person to answer that question, whoever asked that. And my, my prompting would be what's the point of knowing why it's happening because mm-hmm. the why doesn't matter. The question is how can I support those moments? In that moment, how can I support, not why is it happening, okay, why is judgmental? It's critical. And if I go, why am I feeling this way? I don't feel good about myself. And I further stimulate the exact same error patterns that are perpetuating the problem. Whereas if I feel a bit, ooh, I say, okay, how can I lean into this? How can I soften and relax and open up, create space for what I want to feel, which might be stability and confidence? So first I need to process what I'm actually feeling. I can't ignore it. I can't deny it. I can't medicate it or suppress it. Well, I can, but that just doesn't use neuroplasticity. So how can I create space for feeling through whatever it is, the brief mild spin? And I might say, you know what? I really want to feel confident and steady. Mm. So I'm going to support this. And when it lifts and passes, I feel that. Then I have this vacant space, this empty space. I'm going to fill that with my steadiness and confidence neurons. And I know how to do that because I know me. The why doesn't matter. If you get caught in the why, you will never heal. Because the why is not a question that can easily be answered and arguably can never be answered because it's all speculation.
0: So I think um, I think it was in your first chapter or maybe I saw it on Cynthia's um, interview with you uh, on YouTube, but it, it was about acknowledging these feelings and what you're feeling physically and emotionally and acknowledging and not fighting against them. Does that make
1: sense? Is that kind of where yeah yeah and it's, it's all covered in the book if we resist <laughs> yeah. what we feel it persists I mean. Resists, yeah. it persists right and if we can acknowledge honour, lean in and open up the brain can collect that data when i say data i mean the neural chemicals mm. so let's say it's a it's a it's a spin it's an anxiety it's a yucky uncomfortable feeling it's a not quite right feeling it'll get that bundle of not quite right feelings and mm. go oh joey's relaxed it must be safe it's no big deal so i'll just pop it over there in the trash can and that bundle of data will actually get interrupted because i'm not resisting it i'm just going oh it's fine buddy it's just a little spin i'm teaching my brain how to categorize it how to arrange it how to use it if i'm like oh, i don't like this i don't want to be like this how can i ignore it i'll put it on a podcast i'll go on a walk or talk to a friend i'll go oh. then the brain's like oh this is a problem alarm alert threat saber-tooth tiger i'm going to really focus on this because it's freaking joey out so gets worse Yep. That's why people tend to get worse. And the
0: is it yep. like a, a loop? I find that if I'm really dizzy and I get anxious and I get more dizzy because I'm anxious and I get more anxious because I'm dizzy, and,
1: da, 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 and that's, and it's, that's it's actually building. neuroplasticity like that anxious, dizzy, anxious, or anxious, tinnitus, anxious cycle is neuroplasticity, but it's not conscious, it's not it's integrated, and it's not productive. It's actually unhelpful neuroplasticity, mm. and that's the default. If we think we're abnormal, if we view ourselves as abnormal and broken, that's probably where we'll end up.
0: I've used um, uh, EFT tapping for quite a number of years to help me um, kind of drum into myself that I'm, I'm set. I'm, although I'm dizzy, I'm, I'm safe. I'm, you know, at home fine and I will get through this. And, you know, I've used that quite a lot with the Meridian points
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: and that's helped, seems to have helped me get over some of those stuck <laughs> symptom yeah. days um so that that's a tool that I I, I and again
1: like. two things there one is I would replace the word dizzy with something else yeah okay it's just a sensation and dizziness implies it's still kind of sitting in that abnormal field would you say I'm feeling off at the moment I'm feeling not quite right could be I'm feeling a twisting purple <laughs> sensation in my left. I'm feeling like grey clouds up over here in the right. I'm feeling a left moving. You just use descriptive language that's not threatening. Okay. You're saying I, I feel a murky terracotta feeling between my eyes. Um, so that's my first comment is be careful of language. My second comment is it helps me with my off days. It's never an off day. It's an off moment. You're addressing okay. the moment. And this is where steady people, I think, get their amazing outcomes is those moments don't turn into hours or days or weeks or months. They address it in the moment and resolve it. The brain, it's just like it's like drag and drop on a computer screen. The computer actually grabs that information and trashes it because we're teaching it that it's not important anymore and it doesn't need to be perpetuated. We return back to normal. So we may have a not quite right moment and then the rest of the day is normal. I love that normal. dragging into the trash can. I'm gonna, I'm gonna think
0: of that now. <laughs> just drag them in. <laughs> yeah, brilliant, Joey.
1: But it's not um, that you're getting rid of them. It's just that the brain's not amplifying them. Anyway, I yeah, can go it's, on. And
0: on. It's, a, it's a positive way to think about it. It's a visual. Than, yeah. Say I'm dizzy. I'm more dizzy. I'm, you know, where am I going to get more dizzy? Da, 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 rather than yeah, you're replacing those those words, aren't you? So. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to, I don't know how we're doing for time.
1: Probably need to wrap up soon. How many questions have okay. you got left? Six. All right, do them, do them rocket fire speed and I can probably answer them with a yes or no.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, what do you mean by saying uh, the diagnosis of a vestibular disease doesn't really matter? I would like, I think we touched upon this. but I'd really okay. like to know uh, can we, use, can we, patients be certain if it's not nothing serious and follow the neuroplasticity pathway to healing when you are stuck in limbo with no formal diet? I think we've we yeah, touched absolutely. upon that. That the diagnosis really is not
1: absolutely. The, so the you can amended. be one hundred percent confident in your doctor's medical clearance, and you can start neuroplasticity whenever you're ready. And read the book. Read the book. <laughs> diagnosis does not help your neuroplasticity process. I've got really? patients with 30 years of symptoms, no diagnosis and have completely returned to normal. Our research shows that these outcomes, these incredible you know, imp- symptom improvements and returning to normal happen regardless of age, gender, time since onset of symptoms, time doesn't matter, and diagnosis. It's regardless of diagnosis. It doesn't matter. You're barking up the wrong tree and putting your energy in the wrong place if you are rigidly wanting that certainty.
0: Absolutely. No, I agree. And um, actually, she I didn't read that because it's on the next page, but she finishes it off by saying, I'm hoping that that's all in the book too. Yeah, <laughs> there's, entire, yeah there's chapters on
1: it, actually. When, when can we um, get our hands physically on a book? You if can buy them pre- right now. So they're ready, but like, please, if you're listening to this call, jump on Amazon or Fishpond or Booktopia, whatever. Pre-order a copy now, and that means it'll tell the print house to have them ready in the UK, ready to dispatch. Um, November 12 is the book release day, so they'll oh, like, actually yeah. pop it in That's the mail for you. Yes, excellent. So there will be an ebook and there will be an audio book. They're just not quite ready yet, but they're coming.
0: Wonderful. Um, Okay, lots of people embark on VRT vestibular rehabilitation therapy and after two weeks give up. So um, as so symptomatic, what's your advice?
1: Who cares about other people? Focus on yourself. Brilliant. Advice? It's none of your business what other people do. And some people need to fall and fail 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 and and push and push and push and push and and one day they start neuroplasticity and they heal beautifully. It's none of our business.
0: Mm. and it's your journey it's their journey isn't it yeah. it's your, none your of our business um you know i always saying actually on the group it's we're all so individual and it's all our individual journeys you know um so we all react to different you know differently to different things yep.
1: um
0: so many people get told different diagnoses from different specialists and keep seeking the right one we've touched upon this again one but it gets so confusing how can we get the right help advice well we have covered this haven't well
1: this? actually I can add to that I okay. think because these are neuron-based chronic loop symptoms getting medical clearance from any general neurologist medical clearance from a general neurologist is probably the gold standard so in Australia that would mean go to your GP ask for a referral to a neurologist yep. go to that neurologist and trust whatever it is they tell you, they can assess you literally in 15 minutes on the bedside by following your eyes and tapping your body. They will know with certainty if there are any red flags. Like it it seems ridiculously simple, but these doctors are trained to know the entire reflex system and they can see if you're normal or not. They can actually tell by you walking into the room. They'll, They'll follow your body language and your eye movements and your actual language. So neurologist, medical clearance, Green tick. Excellent.
0: Um, Can neuroplasticity... This is my question. (laughs) Can neuroplasticity help with fear of driving, driving anxiety caused originally by vestibular symptoms and feeling unsafe? I haven't driven for eight years properly and I'm dying to get... I've got two 11-year-olds. What do you think the answer is? I need to take control and just...
1: Try it. So neuroplasticity is knowing what I feel right now, which might be I feel anxious, knowing how to self-soothe and reassure that in that moment. doesn't matter why you feel anxious. None of that matters. I feel anxious. I need to soothe myself in this moment. Knowing what I want to feel, I want to feel clear thinking and steady at the wheel and knowing how to bridge that gap from anxiety to clear-headed and steady thinking. That is neuroplasticity. The scenarios are infinite. Mm. I mean you can use neuroplasticity to create better orgasms in your sex life there is no limit I need that (laughs) there is no limit I mean I use neuroplasticity to prepare for my birthing and I had the most incredible birth I had no pain I had no tearing I had no bleeding it was just a blissful home birth
0: birthing then in a way
1: no I don't think so no I was just present in my body I just stayed with it and I did a lot of preparation and I did mm. a lot of the emotional rites of passage and spiritual rites of passage. So I could actually show up to becoming a mother. I'd done the work
0: mm.
1: and um, I had the support team. I selected exactly who I wanted with me. I was more than happy to go to a hospital. If I was a medical patient, I did not want to go to a hospital if I was not the medical patient. I was really mm. clear on my boundaries and it was an ecstatic experience. And it really challenged my bliss tolerance because, you know, I've had a hard traumatic anxious, depressed life, mm. and to feel bliss and to feel pleasure and to feel joy and to feel ease, it's like really challenging. It's like, no, life's hard. Yeah. It's had, I had to rewire my entire sense of it's okay to feel pleasure. It's okay to let my body relax into this transition. It doesn't need to be traumatic. Even no. though the world is telling me birth is painful, birth is trauma, Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you'll never sleep again. That's not my experience at all writing a book is much harder <laughs> than yeah.
0: That's
1: your second. Baby. <laughs> yes
0: it's my second baby <laughs> um are we, we're, just to close on that one that question uh of mine um we've got a new car turning up tomorrow so i'm seeing that as a opportunity to give yeah. it
1: a go so yeah and you know if tapping works for you use your tapping driving driving is fun driving gives me independence i like my car i don't want to do that because i won't have the the hands on the steering wheel (laughs) don't tap while you're driving no (laughs) anyway you know what you want you know what you need and that's the beginning recipe and i know where where i want to get to i I just you you don't know how to do it yet and that's okay and this is where i said having the uncertainty and holding the uncertainty gracefully is the core skill
0: and so neuroplasticity can break down and can really stop any habitual anxiety issues that I mean, it's, yeah. I think it's habitual that I've just got into this loop. Yeah,
1: of- I'm highly anxious. I'm born anxious. I'm highly sensitive. I'm, you know, yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. I've gotten to where I've gotten to in life. And it's because I've got these skills
0: it hasn't yeah.
1: been easy. And there's still times when I crash out and I desperately want someone to pat me on the back and tell me I'm doing a good job. And the reality is there's no one in the world to do that, really. Yeah. Um, and I have to learn to do that for myself. It's this constant, like, self-kindness, self-friendship. And as we do new and challenging things, like for me being an author publishing a book, that's a new and challenging thing. I've got to meet all those new and challenging, not quite right feelings that match where I'm at in my life. I'm growing, I'm evolving, I'm maturing. And so it's not like I'm just like blissed out and happy all the time. It's like I'm moving with life, and that's chapter nine is on the roller coaster. And how do we embrace the roller coaster and be prepared for it and wide yeah, open? Come up all the time, don't they? You know, new challenges and.
0: And if yeah, they're not,
1: it. then we're stuck. It's like no, I I'm avoidant. I'm numb, and then I'm not living at all. And then I feel you know shitty and crappy. So it's like, are we going to live shitty and crappy and avoidant and deny and medicate, distract? Or are we going to open up to all of life and feel all of life, not just the bliss and ecstasy and joy and confidence, but also the yucky murky, not quite right. I feel vulnerables and tender, sad, guilty, shame spaces. If we're going to feel life, we have to feel all of it. That's what it means to be human. You can't cherry pick the nice ones and just, you know, deny, distract the um, difficult ones. And my book covers this.
0: Oh, Brilliant can't
1: wait jump on my my website seekingbalance.com.au there's a link there with the book about my book I explain the pre-order campaign if you want to get some bonuses with me join my inner circle book club if you want a signed copy of my book I will personally write you a note and post you a copy of the signed book these are pre-order bonuses and the pre-order ends in like five days so you've got five days to pre-order um and the bonuses start from purchasing six books you get a signed copy if you purchase 15 books you get an invitation to my inner circle book club as well as a signed book and if you purchase 50 copies and i'm hoping that these copies that you buy you will just pollinate into the world give them to clinics sell them whatever well i i was thinking about
0: actually well we can talk about this separately but um giving some away on, on my public blog actually and in, in in response to uh, certain topics and things but um Anyway, I've got some plans that are yeah,
1: I'll and you can up. sell them, you know. Um, but yeah, if you buy fifty copies, you'll actually get the signed book, the Inner Circle Book Club, and a private therapy session with me, which is a big deal to Australia. Because <laughs> it's a big deal because I don't actually see clients anymore. I'm, you know, taking a little break Absolutely. with my baby and resting. But people who want to support my book and support me, I want to support you. So it's kind of my way of giving back and saying thank you because we're I'm one woman, I'm, you know, there's only so much I can do. And I think the more people who understand this and who have symptoms and who can help pollinate these ideas and conversations out into the medical world and audiology world and psychology world, you guys are going to make a huge difference to not only your outcomes, but future clients, future patients. Imagine going to see a doctor for the first time I and mean, then get given this book. It'd be just totally different.
0: Incredible. Yeah, I've just got to read this, this, this line here that someone's put. I'm so looking forward to getting my copy. Thanks, Joey, for giving us all hope to heal.
1: Love that. 100%. Your body and brain are amazing. And if you don't know that, it's tragic. Like you are yeah. a miracle.
0: Incredible. I think, you know, there, there are going to be a lot of people getting this book after this. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm, right. I'm, I'm conscious that it's your Saturday morning and I don't want to take much more of your yeah, time. I might need so to go, to do... go yeah. find a hungry little baby um it's hard to know uh who to go and see ent neurologist vestibular audiologist gp we've covered that one yeah we have covered that um do you believe in diet and foods and triggers for vestibular symptoms uh, not, seems opinions are mixed in the professional world not really and certainly no. not
1: like it might be random like one day a coffee does it but i don't think that means a coffee does it every day of your life from here on out so not really no i think it's much more complex than that know yourself and then you know the answer to that question exactly yeah. there are days when I'm like you know what I shouldn't have a coffee today I can feel it
0: but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean I'm
1: allergic to coffee or it's a trigger it's just in that moment mm. no thanks
0: mm. exactly um, it's very hard to concentrate with the tinnitus is so loud can't listen to music at work so how can I try and reduce the noise um...
1: I think they know the answer to that question Well, my book explains how to reduce the noise. Yeah. read the book.
0: Okay. And the last one, can tinnitus just go after a long period of time, even if it's down to hearing loss?
1: Yeah, I've already explained that. You can completely heal and reverse it, no matter if you've had 20 years or 30 years of worrying about it. It's all reversible. Your brain is so adaptable, you just have to teach it how to use neuroplasticity and how to reset those filters so you're no longer aware of it. That was my question, by the way. Lots of people with hearing loss have no tinnitus. Yeah. And lots of people with normal hearing have tinnitus. It's not related to hearing loss. It's related to how your brain filters the noise and how you perceive the noise and how you relate to the noise. If you love it, you're going to have a different brain chemical response to if you hate it or you worry about it or don't like it. Mm. Read the book. Read the book.
0: Okay. Okay. right. I'm happy to do this again.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, no, thank you. Your so time. Sorry to have to leave in a huff. Share this book thank with as many people ask. as you can. Even um, share it on social media. If you know any influencers or people with email lists or, um, you know, blogs, channels, whatever, YouTube, send them my name and if they want to chat with me on this topic, I'll, you know, I'll go on as a guest. So spread Brilliant. the word. Excellent. Thank you so much, Jo. I think everybody
0: thanks you a lot and giving your Saturday morning up. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Much love. Sleep well.